I love it. All right, guys. Hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I know that God is moving. I, I really hope that you're just aware in this season of the unique and powerful ways that God is moving. Um, see, it's a difficult season. We're going to talk about some of those things this morning. But uh, I am very excited, honestly, just about the work of God in this season. And um, as, as well as praying for those who are broken and hurting. But really just aware of God's movement. So... Uh, with that in mind this morning, I want this to remind you of what we talked about and really kind of what the church worldwide has been speaking about for the last couple of weeks. Just this picture, we prayed into it this morning, we worshipped into it, uh, we talked about it, it's the idea of God as being the good shepherd, God being faithful, right? That that we're in a, a moment where, man, it's just a, it's a sensitive moment for our hearts, for our emotions as a as a world, people, I've just been talking to people who are really, really kind of fighting against worry and fear and doubt. They know they don't need to worry and fear and doubt. I mean, it's been really, really hard. And so in this, I want you to see this hand right here, okay? This hand represents, hey, God is a good shepherd in this season for us. He is a good and perfect father who loves us. He's tender with us. He's compassionate. He's caring. And he's kind. And so in those moments where we're wrestling, God is this to us. He is that good shepherd. He fights for, he defends, and he loves on us. But this morning, we also want to take a, we want to kind of look at this other. This is the other movement of God right here we're going to talk about. This is God as a good father who uses these moments to grow us and to mature us. And to speak into our life and cause us to move from a place of immaturity into a place of maturity. And the idea is that that's what a good parent does for both. They're tender and compassionate, but they're also very intentional to take everything going on in our lives and use them to grow us and mature us as as children. And so with it in mind, as I was in prayer this week, and this is a picture that I saw in a share kind of launch minute. I saw a picture of a, of a tube of toothpaste, kind of vertical in the air like this, just hanging there. And all of a sudden, I saw a hand. I saw the hand of God come over and grab this toothpaste and squeeze it. Now, when it was squeezed, obviously, what came out of the tube of toothpaste when God squeezed it was tooth, toothpaste. Because when you squeeze toothpaste in the tube of toothpaste, that's what comes out. And I have to say... That is my pet peeve about, about toothpaste, right? Randall's really good about taking and mangling the toothpaste tube right in the middle, right? And so what does it do when you do that? It pushes some of the toothpaste to the bottom, it pushes some of the top, and then what happens? Like it's just, oh, it's so gross. And so I wasn't frustrated with the Lord in doing that, but I was questioning, God, is that really the best way to use toothpaste, right? But the idea is this, you know, when you take something and you squeeze it, what is inside of it? Comes down. What I felt like God spoke into this moment very clearly is this. I want you to hear this word. I want you to write it down. I want you to process it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to go over it slowly. Then I'm going to say it again. This is what I feel like God is saying to both of us. This, this is a time of squeezing. This is a time of squeezing for everyone. And you all must be aware of what is coming out of you. For what is coming out of you will reveal what God is trying to grow and mature in you. I'm going to say that again. This is a time of squeezing for every single one of us. And we and you must be aware of what is coming out of you. For what is coming out of you will reveal what God is trying to grow and mature in you. 
We're all being squeezed. That's the idea. In this season, hardship and difficulty represent the squeezing that's going on in our lives. So I'll never forget when I was six years old. I may have told this story before, and I can't remember. But I remember being six years old, four, five, six years old. And we're about to go on vacation as a family. We're about to go camping. And so we have the proverbial 1980-something station wagon, right? Had the wood panels on the side. It was uh, it was very Clark Griswold right of us. And so we had the station wagon. And there was a tire, like a heavy tire in the back and with a rim on it. So all of you know that the tire actually with a rim is actually very heavy. And so my dad said, hey, we got to take this tire and rim out of the back of the station wagon so we can load it up and go to the lake. And I'm like, hey, as a four, five, six-year-old, let me grab the tire. And my mom goes, no, 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 that's going to be too heavy. And my dad, seeing as a great learning moment, trying to see what I can do, says, no, no, let's let him figure it out. Let's see if he can pull the tire out. I'm like, yeah, I got this, right? So with a vote of confidence from my dad, I reach into the car and I start pulling the tire out. Well, you know what happens? And there's that moment, there's a tipping point of that tire. And all of a sudden, when the weight shift becomes too much for me to handle as a four, five, six-year-old kid, and all of a sudden the tire falls, lands on my foot, it hurts terribly, but more, more than that, my pride, right? My pride is crushed and I feel embarrassed. Everybody's watching me. Everyone's kind of laughing in the moment. And I look at my mom, who's never supposed to laugh. She's supposed to only show me great compassion, right? She looks at me and she's laughing. Now, she wasn't laughing because she was being mean. She was laughing because she thought it was so cute that that I thought I could do this. But in that moment of my mom laughing, that was my own tipping point. I got squeezed in the moment with my embarrassment and it turned into anger. Does that sound familiar to any guy in the world, especially a four, five and six year old guy, right? All of a sudden my embarrassment turns into anger. Something wells up inside of me and I reach back with all of my might and I take my hands and I push my mom as hard as my four, five or six year old little body could handle, right? And as I pushed and all my emotions went into it in the moment, right? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, reality set in and I look at my dad and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that was not smart. And I'm like, ah, right? And my dad, right, his eyes are just like blazing with like anger and frustration and like defensive my mom. All of a sudden, I find myself, right, I find myself literally in the moment being picked up by my dad and carried like a football into the home where my dad decides to discipline me as he saw fit in the moment, right? And here was my moment, right? I got squeezed in the moment. And I was disciplined because of it. Now, with that in mind, this is really great. My computer is acting up that it has my message on it. I've got your message right here. And I can't, hold on a second. Let's see. Oh, there it goes, guys. Hey, technical difficulties. What is the deal with technical difficulties? I'm not really sure what's happening. My computer is absolutely frozen. How about you do this? Okay, fantastic. So there we go. Now I got it right here. Now with that in mind, you will not be getting responses anymore, Facebook. <laughs> That's right. That is right. So in this, I, I found myself, right? I knew, again, I was in this moment of squeezing, and what came out of me was anger. It was difficulty, right? It was this hardship of the moment, and I, Dad, had to discipline me in the moment. So with that in mind, we truly are in a squeezing Every single one of us feels this, right? And I wonder, are you aware, 
or you aware of what is coming out of you? Like, I want you to think about all the feelings. I want you to think about all the emotions that have bubbled up to the surface the past few weeks. I want you to think about the, the, the fear of the unknown. I want you to think about the feelings and emotions of worry. The worry about tomorrow. I want you to think about the anger. Like if you just found yourself waking up or find yourself in a day and you're, you're angry and you find yourself irritable. Maybe, maybe towards your spouse. Maybe it's towards your kids because you're used to having more space with them and all of a sudden now you're like, ah, and you just recognize it's not actually your kid's fault. It's not actually your spouse's fault. And if you begin to think like what's going on inside of me, or maybe you're just finding yourself annoyed at millennials, right? Because it's really all of their fault, right? Because they're not really caring for the elderly and they're all gathering together as the media is telling us about, right? You know, I'm getting at all these annoyances. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your neighbor's dog. You're like, wow, you're so irritable. I'm so annoyed. Or maybe, I mean, you're so tired of the, the media. I mean, it could be literally waking up in the morning and hearing the birds. I have no idea. Like you find yourself in these seasons, these moments of being squeezed of stuff coming out of you. And let me just say this in the, in, in this season, God uses these moments of squeezing so that we can begin to be aware of what is coming out of us. And if it doesn't look like the traits of Jesus, look, the traits of Jesus well, then God is wanting to grow us so that we begin to look, act, and sound like Jesus. I mean, here's the deal. If you've read through the Gospels, you know that when Jesus was squeezed, Jesus' stuff came out. Remember, you think about literally he's going through Calvary. He's going through his betrayal. He's going through the time before Pontius Pilate. You think about all these moments, right? And he just expresses humility. He expresses parents. He's expressing patience. And so the idea for us is that we become aware in these seasons, this moment of squeezing that God is taking in this season, right? This is that place over here, right? Of being a good father. He's allowing these difficult seasons and the moments of squeezing to highlight the places in us that he wants to grow us and move us and change us into his image. This morning, I want to begin by looking at this. God's a good father over here is compassionate. But he's also a good father who is highlighting growth areas in our, li- in our lives. And we become aware of those and begin that process or continue that process of maturity. I want to begin by looking at a couple of scriptures, both of them probably familiar to all of us. And I want you to, to listen and I want you to be challenged and have your ears open and your eyes open this morning so we can take new steps and we see new places and new realities of who God is and what he's doing in our lives in this difficult moment. So with that in mind, in your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Be looking at uh, verses 1 through 7 this morning. Again, if I were uh, really techno, I'd find this, find, put this on the screen for you. You can put it on my computer back here. That'd be a lot of fun, right? Or put it on my phone back here. I'm seeing my, my TV behind this, but... But Hebrews 12, 1 through 7, I think I'm reading from the ESV version, says this. Again, very familiar. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing 
our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. With the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father, addresses his son or daughter? It says, my son, daughter, do not make light of the world's discipline, excuse me, the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son or daughter. And this is verse seven. This is really important for our time. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father, disciplined by their parent. This chapter directly follows the story of men and women in chapter 11 who pressed through extreme adversity to exercise a very commendable faith, right? They had successfully navigated their moment of trial, right? Their faith in God was, their faith in God was, was their expression and perseverance and it was birth in the moment, right? Here in chapter 12, the writer is exhorting his readers. He's exhorting his readers to use these men and women, this great cloud of witnesses, he calls it, as motivation as motivation for handling their own hardship, to handle their own trial with faith. He then goes on, again, the verse I read in verse 7, it says something interesting. I, I think we may have to chew on, maybe even wrestle with this morning, as we're going to see this part of God as the one who, who uses these moments to grow and mature us and says this, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. The writer is quoting the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs 3, again, which says, My son, my daughter, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. The hardship they are facing here in the context of this writing is people are trying to get them to renounce their faith getting to renounce their faith through their own hardship and their own oppression. Basically, people are coming and challenging them. People are literally coming against them and in it trying to get them to turn and to, to, to be disloyal, to, to, to betray Jesus and to be unfaithful. That's what's happening in the moment, right? What we can say in the context of our own hardship that we're facing is that every difficulty and every hardship and every squeezing that we confront, every sin that's committed against us that causes us to stumble, all of the squeezing is going to be used by the enemy to lead us to turn our back on Jesus. Right? To lead us to our own sense of betrayal, our own sense of disloyalty, our own sense of unfaithfulness in our relationship with him. And so in this, he's coming in this moment. And the idea is this. He, the enemy is coming to ultimately push back, push back against us. And in this reality, the writer is attacking and confronting with his direct and prophetic words, 
this idea of us and our own hardship and recognizing Hebrews 11, these people who've been through it before us and say, this is the model. This is who you're looking for. This is what your life can look like. In the moment, he's confronting with direct and prophetic words this idea that God is a good father with compassion, but he's also a good father who disciplines, who grows us and matures us. So in his word, the writer tells us that every hardship and every moment of squeezing, our proper response is to receive it as discipline. Now, when we hear the word discipline, we hear the word discipline, many of us here hey, you've done something bad. And we know that may very well be true of all of us. But at the same time, it may not be. It may simply be a tool for growing and maturing us as human beings. The idea to become disciplined in life, to be disciplined as a human being, I have to embrace the moments of being disciplined. For example, For a runner to be disciplined in his trade of running, they have to embrace the steps of becoming disciplined. The early early wake-up calls, right? Running until it hurts, pushing beyond their comfortable limits, right? It is usually a coach who is disciplining them, pressing them. Maybe it's parents who are speaking words over them to cause growth in their lives. And as a runner, when looking at the word discipline, it's good and right to see it both ways. God disciplines his children if they stray from his will in their life, right? This discipline of of correction, of coming alongside and pointing out sin. But also God disciplines his children by leading them through difficult moments and seasons. So they will have to turn to him, practice faith and become disciplined in their lifestyle. God disciplines his children by leading them to a place of taking ownership and growing in the context of life. The idea is these moments of our life when we get squeezed and what comes out, he used this the squeezing to say, hey, do you see the growth theories? Do you see the places that need maturity? And he says, here's the step. Here are the things that I'm calling you to so that you will be disciplined and begin to grow and to mature. And so when he comes and speaks this word, right, the reason is simple. So that perseverance, so that endurance will grow to the point that we ourselves, like Hebrews 11, are willing to shed blood when pressed to turn on, betray our relationship with Jesus. Because nothing will keep us, nothing will keep us from faithfulness. We will not betray him, just as we see modeled for us in Hebrews 11. Hardship is to be received as an act of discipline from God to grow our faith and grow our perseverance. James says something very similar. We've read it many times and you've probably heard it read multiple times actually in the context of the season that we're in. But I want you to hear it again in light of our present squeezing. It says this, consider it pure joy. Again, hear this. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or produces perseverance. Let endurance and perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And the result of those who engage this difficult moment that embrace this process of discipline that lead us to endurance and perseverance says this verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person 
will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I don't know about you, but it seems counterintuitive to say, give yourself to joy in the middle of hardship. That's literally what James is saying. It's honestly what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Give yourself to joy. The fruit of joy is available to you in the middle of your hardship, in the middle of the things that squeeze you most. Now, I want you all to hear this. This is super important. At the risk of sounding insensitive, let me be very direct with James's words here. I want you to hear this in season for us. Consider it pure joy today when you face the coronavirus. For you know that the testing of your faith in this pandemic, it produces perseverance and it produces endurance. You need to submit to this process by letting endurance and perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Like, how did that feel when I read that? How did that feel in the moment? Was there like a, 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 a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I, there's a perspective change in this. I want to read it again. I want to read it again because now you know the the the. the Allow this word just, just to, to sink in. Consider it pure joy today when you face the coronavirus on, in the media, as you hear about it from friends, when you maybe even actually facing it face to face. For you know that the testing of your faith in this pandemic produces perseverance and endurance. You need to submit to this process by letting endurance and perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, you get squeezed in the pandemic. What's coming out? What's coming out? What are you seeing in yourself? What are you experiencing? And what in it is Christ-like that speaks to endurance and perseverance And what is God trying to grow in you, discipline you in? One, maybe discipline to literally say, hey, this is not right. You need to turn away from it. Or, hey, I'm going to use this moment to grow you and mature. We're going to talk about that here in a second. But the writer of Hebrews and James, listen, they're not oblivious and they're not insensitive to the issues their readers are facing. They recognize God's a good father. He's very sensitive and aware to these things over here, right? He's very concerned about your despair. He's very sensitive and compassionate to the broken places and the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the death and the anger and the brokenness and the tension. He's very aware of it. But at the same time, he wants to marry healthy discipline and say, but it's not okay to stay here. I want to grow you beyond it so that endurance and perseverance, just like Jesus, when he was pressed, when you get squeezed so that it comes out. So that next week, all of a sudden, when you're in school with your kids, patience begins to flow. And you're like, that just speaks to me learning because of the discipline of the Lord in the season and me being squeezed that I release that and all of a sudden begin to grow in this context of patience in the context of my life, right? In the con, he's in, God is with us. He is loving you. He's holding you. He's caring for you. 
But this is also a time not to back down. It's a time not to give up, but it's a time to stand up and fight. Do you remember Ephesians 6? When the day of evil comes, I want you to stand, is what he says. You don't stand just looking around. No, you stand in this defensive and offensive position clothed in the armor of God with your belt, the belt of truth around your waist, with the, your feet put on with the shoes of the gospel of peace, with your breastplate of righteousness, right? Your helmet of salvation, your shield of faith to extinguish every fiery dart and your sword of the word saying, I'm not just standing here taking it. No, I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to defend. I'm going to fight, right? I'm going to pray without ceasing. I'm going to intercede knowing that God's called me to stand and not be a victim in this, but to be victorious. I'm focused on Calvary. I'm focused on the resurrection of Jesus. I recognize I've been empowered by Pentecost the spirit of God coming into my life and now we will stand and when the says and when the day of evil comes stand and after all is said and done Paul says this continue to stand which is your way of saying I've endured and I've persevered and I have been victorious because of the work of Jesus in my life I don't have to cower I don't have to bow down to worry and to fear right I can be victorious and that's the message Compassion and victory. Compassion and discipline. Compassion and submitting to the will of the Father and using these moments like a runner to be disciplined so that I can grow in perseverance and endurance. So with this in mind, here in these verses, we find guidance. I'm just going to like literally kind of random. I'm not going to go verse by verse. I'm going to kind of pull out some of these specific pieces from both of these scriptures and then we'll go back into the song of worship and contemplation so you can allow God to do this work of squeezing. Number one, I want you to hear this is really, really important for those who are struggling right now. There is no joy in the actual trial itself. We don't find joy in the coronavirus, right? We Listen, the hall of faith, these people in Hebrews 11, they didn't find joy in being sawn in two, what scripture talks about in Hebrews 11, right? There's a huge difference between finding joy in the situation that you're facing and finding joy in Jesus and in the growth you're experiencing in the middle of your trial. Again, we don't celebrate coronavirus. We celebrate that Jesus is using, can use, and is using anything to grow us, mature us, and make us complete and lacking nothing. It is the original lemonade out of lemons moment, right? A simple prayer that I have prayed is this, and I encourage you, you can write this down. God, I do not find joy in the squeezing. I don't find joy in the squeezing, but I thank you that in the squeezing, you were moving. You love me. You were faithful and you will use this for your glory and for your growth. I'm finding the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm seeing the Jesus in the middle of it. God, I don't find joy in the squeezing, but I thank you that in the squeezing, I find joy that you are moving. You love me. You are faithful and you will use this for your glory and your growth. That's a proper view. I don't find joy in the Corona. I do find joy in Calvary. I find joy in the movement of his maturing me, right? Number two, be aware of 
and honest about your entanglements. Hebrews 12 says, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. The word says this, you're being squeezed and what comes out of you speaks to your entanglements. It speaks to your places of immaturity. It speaks to your areas that are in need of growth. What, what is God seeing that's coming out of you when you're squeezed? God sees it. What do you see? You know when it comes out. He is saying, hey, that's great. I'm so glad that you see what's coming at us. I'm glad that you see your despair. I'm glad you see your worry. I'm glad you see your anger. I'm glad you see your irritability. Now you know what we need to grow in. Now I can. you're being disciplined in this specific area because I want to grow you in it. Be aware of your entanglements, right? Be aware of these issues and then do something about it. Do something about it. Number three. God disciplines because he loves. God disciplines, moves us to maturity because he loves us. Listen, listen, discipline is not good. Discipline is great. Discipline is not good. Discipline is great. Listen, you all know parents who don't discipline their children don't love their children. Just very matter of fact. Parents who don't discipline their children don't love their children. Without discipline, a child goes to a place of incredible immaturity, incredible selfishness in the moment. And the only way they grow is through discipline, right? Discipline is a great thing. Discipline is the formation of boundaries that keep us from straying into the dark areas of the enemy. Listen, God will always love us too much. He will always love us too much. To let us to keep it to, to let us stray too far without disciplining us. And hear this. He won't he won't let us go too far in our stagnant stagnant growth curve before jumping in and disciplining us as a father, as a coach, to cause us to grow better. He's not gonna leave us over here without discipline in our broken places. He's not gonna leave us in stagnancy, he's gonna discipline us to mature us and to grow us into who he wants us to be. It's imperative we begin to see the beauty in the context of discipline. Number four, and this is really the heartbeat of all of this. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Fix our eyes on Jesus. I love this. It says he is the author of our faith. He's the perfecter. The idea is this. The writer of Hebrews tells us he is the author of our story. He's the one who can perfect us in the middle of our story. And so when I reach that point of recognizing unhealthy things are coming out of me when I'm squeezed, then I embrace this moment of here, the discipline saying, all right, Father, I fix my eyes on you. Moment. I can't help myself. I can't fix this by myself. Jesus, I need you. I turn to you. I fix my eyes on you. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm fearful. I'm irritable. I'm angry. I'm down. I'm just blah. So I turn my eyes to Jesus. Jesus, help me. The prayer of blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David. This is the Christ prayer. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I can't heal myself. I can't fix myself. I set my gaze upon you. Jesus, son of David, help, have mercy on me. I fix my eyes on him. 
And the fifth thing is real simple. Just submit to the process. I submit to the process. Surrender to the Lord in the process. We're told in verse 1 of Hebrews 12, let us throw off everything, right? Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us throw off the sin that entangles us, right? Let us run with perseverance. The writer's coming and saying, he's saying, let us. He's saying, you have to choose. You have to submit in this moment, right? You have to submit in this moment and stop running. Listen, I was about, again, when I had these moments, I was four. I was, I was kind of a, a little crazy kid growing up, right? About four or five, six, I think about four or five years old. I'm in the house with my mom. I do something that I shouldn't do, right? I do something I shouldn't do. And my mom says, come here, and I know I'm about to get disciplined. So instead of, so I, I look at her, and I turn, and I run out the front door, right? So I run out the front door, and my mom starts chasing me. And we literally, she chases me around the house one time, two times, and three times, right? She's literally, I was a super fast kid, guys, super fast, y'all, super fast, right? And so I'm wearing my, you remember zips back in the day, guys, zips, shoes? Had these zips, shoes, they made me run fast, right? So I'm just running super fast around the house three times, right? And to the point, she's like, I just stopped, Steve, I couldn't catch you, and I just sat down on the front stoop at the house, right? And I just sat there, and I said, Steve. And all of a sudden, I looked, I heard something, and I looked, and you poked your head around the corner, and you looked at me, right? And in that moment, all of a sudden, I put my head, you put your head down, and you just walked over to me and looked me in the eyes, and I took some time, and I disciplined you. See, that's what the writer is saying to submit to the process. We're living our life. We're getting squeezed and all this stuff's coming out. And either we run around the house away from Jesus or we take the time right now to say, I surrender to you. We walk over. We set our gaze upon him and say, all right, what discipline do I need to receive in the moment? Either to leave my sin and walk towards you, to leave my broken things and walk towards you. Or God, what are these areas that I need to embrace? A life of prayer, a moment, life of solitude and silence. Is it literally me taking time every day just to be with you and read scripture? Is it, is it me taking time just to slow down to find you? Whatever it may be, that these acts of disciplines, these disciplines in my life so I can grow and mature and endure and grow and mature in perseverance and endurance in my life. So when the day of evil comes, I'm able to stand. I don't bow down, but I receive this season as a moment of God's love for me as a father and as discipline as a father to grow me into who he wants me to be. I'll start where I'll end where I began this morning. This is a time of squeezing for you. It's a time of squeezing for you. And you have to be aware of what's coming out of you. For what is coming out of you will reveal what God is trying to grow and mature in you. Beautiful marriage of what God is doing in this season as a good father and a loving parent in our lives. So let's take some more. We're going to take some time and just respond and worship this morning. I'm going to lead you in a time of, of prayer and I just want to invite you to be honest with where you are before the Lord. It's a time of honesty. Like what's coming out? If you don't know, I guarantee you those closest to you can tell you. Randall's been very aware 
of me this week and what's being squeezed out. And I'm very aware of what's being squeezed out of her also, just as we always are with those closest to us. Let's let the Lord this morning do a work of honesty, of squeezing. Let's submit to his discipline. Whether it's discipline of sin or just discipline of saying, I'm going to set my feet firm, God. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to run this race. I'm going to become a, a runner of this race. Jesus, I'm going to grow and mature. Let's pray this prayer, Jesus, this morning. Pray the prayer, God, I don't find joy in the squeezing. But I thank you that in the squeezing, you are moving. You love me. You are faithful and you're using this for your glory and my growth. I will be stronger at the end of this than I was going into it, Jesus. Let's just begin right now. Just begin to see that perspective shift this morning. Thank you, Lord. morning as we worship, just allow God to begin to stir and to move. Let's worship.